Sota, Perik Dalad, Mishnah Base 4-2. In the previous Mishnah, we had two categories of women who weren't entitled to drink from the Maim Hamarim. The first category were women who weren't um, Tachas Isha, they weren't fully married, that was the Arus and the Shemeras Yavam. And then we had a variety of different women or marriages that were against Halacha, some were the Raisa, some were the Rabban, and again, since we didn't want the marriage to persist, so we did not allow her to drink the waters. Here in Mishnah Base, we'll have three more categories of women uh, that don't drink the Mahamarim, and they have different halachas. The first category are women which, I'll call it our, it's her fault she's not drinking, and therefore the halach will be for that first group that she is going to forfeit her ksuba when she gets divorced. The second category will be what I'll call his fault right now, and that means that since it's his fault that she's not drinking the water. She will not forfeit her ksuba. She gets divorced and gets her ksuba payment. And then the third category is where the husband dies prior to be able to drink. And then we have a machlokus, whether or not um, she gets paid at her ksuba. So let's take each one in turn. First, it says the Mishnah base begins, ksuba. This category um, are women that don't drink, and therefore they're going to get divorced, and they're not going to get their ksuba. They forfeit their ksuba payment. So in this third category, we have three women. 3A is Haomeris Tameya'ani, a woman who um, confesses that she was adulterous. And that being the case, certainly we're not going to give her the waters to prove her innocence. There's no point in that. She's guilty by her own admission. And therefore, even though we don't punish her because a woman isn't punished by her own admission, as we said before, she certainly um, has brought this marriage to an end. And that being the case, she is to be divorced and she forfeits her ksuba without drinking the waters. The second, I'll call it 3B, is Vishabao la Edim Shehitamea. That witnesses come and they testify that she was uh, adulterous. So then those witnesses saw her with another man be together, so then they will obvious, obvious, obviate the need for her to drink the waters because she's obviously guilty. Therefore, she will not be drinking. Um, there she could get punished potentially, depending on what happened. The third category is Vahomeris Enishosa. The third category is a woman who is simply refusing to drink the water. And that can happen any time in the process. We said up to the time that they erase Hashem's name, they're not going to force her to drink. So if she says, listen, this whole procedure is demeaning, it's terrifying, it's humiliating, I'm not doing it. I'm innocent, but I'm not doing it. So since she's not doing it, so then she will have to get divorced and she will forfeit her ksuba. Even though she's insisting she's innocent and we can't prove she's guilty, she still forfeits her ksuba because she definitely behaved improperly as much as she had kinu and stira. So that was enough now that since she's not drinking to prove her innocence, she is going to be the one responsible for forfeiting her ksuba. That was that category. Now the next category, we'll call it category four, if you will, uh, or the second of this Mishnah, is when it's so to speak, his fault. The Mishnah says, and, and the din will be therefore she gets divorced, but does yes get her ksuba. So it says, Amar Ba'ala, if her husband says, Eni mashka, he says, no, I'm not making her drink the waters. He doesn't want to let her drink the waters. So listen, he always could have divorced her. And if he divorced her, he has to divorce her and he has a pair of ksuba. Here the thought is that along the way, he just says, I've changed my mind. I don't want to give her to drink. I don't want to be humiliated or degraded or die from this or whatever it is. Doesn't matter if he thinks it's innocent or guilty, it makes no difference. Since she's not drinking because he's not letting her drink, because he says we're not going forward with this, it's not her fault. And that being the case, as we'll see in a second, she gets her ksuba. 
Also, if her husband slept with her, the literally the words mean here on the way, and it's a reference to on the way from her local bezdin, he slept with her as they were going up to Yushalayim. But the truth is that just an example. If he would sleep with her any time after Stira, so now that was against Allah, and he's no longer like Nakim Avon, he's no longer um, innocent um, from sin in this context, and that being the case, the waters wouldn't work for him anyways, because Hashem is not going to intervene in this miraculous way for a person who doesn't deserve it like this guy, for marriage which isn't um, appropriate as theirs isn't, and that being the case, um, she doesn't get to drink the waters, but it's his fault, no one told him to sleep with her, and that being the case, uh, she gets divorced, in those two cases, Noteles Ksuba, excuse me, Noteles Ksuba Sa, she takes her Ksuba, Veloshosa, uh, but she does not drink. Okay, now the third case of our Mishnah, third category of our Mishnah, if you will, is where Mesu Baalein Adshloshasu, where the husband dies prior to her being able to drink the water. So she was intending on drinking, but now he is um, dead. And because he's dead, and the Pasuk says, Behevi Ha'ish Es Ishto El Hakohen, the Pasuk in Pasuk Tezvav of Babin Barhei says the husband brings his wife to the Kohen, um, and he's not going to be doing that because he's no longer alive. Therefore, we can't carry out this Maim Hamarim procedure. And that being the case, so she's not going to drink, and that being the case, she's now stuck. The question is, um, she's going to become now into like a, I'll call it a tug of war or a fight with her, with his heirs, his children, who now own a piece of property, but she says that's mine, and they say no, it's ours. So who gets it? This is a machlokus, and the machlokus is tim beisham beisil beishamay omrim notlos ksuba veloshosos beishamay hold. She can't drink the water, but she will collect on her ksuba, um, even though she doesn't drink. And beisil omrim loshosos velonolos ksuba. Beisil say yes, it's true she doesn't drink, but she does not get paid her ksuba. Um, instead, she um, no, she's not. She's, she leaves without a ksuba. Now, the base of this machlokus is probably is not what you probably think. You probably think it's something like you know, is it her fault? Isn't it her fault? She's trying her best. She should have a chance to prove herself, but now she can't, or something like that. Um, that's not the point here. The point here, the, the 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 pivotal issue upon which the machlokus rests is um, a more global issue. And it has to do with with um, like I'll call them contracts in general. So <clears throat> Beishamai have a general principle that in all contracts, like IOUs, you know, indentures, ksubas, whatever it is, where it says that Mr. A owes Mr. B, if in that contract Mr. B has a lien, a shibud, on specific property, Akarka. So then, Beishamai hold, it's as if he's already collected it. It's like already been handed over. In other words, the lien on the property in the contract, the IOU, the Ksuba, since this is a, is a lien on a particular property, it's as if he's collected it now. The exact technical like um, words for this um, this principle of Beishamai is Shtarchov HaOmed Legavos Kagavoyhu. A shtarchov, a contract, an IOU, that is ready to be collected because there's a specific lien on a property, it's as if it has already been collected. That, clop- that lien property has already been collected upon. 
That's based Shammai's principle in general. It applies, like I said, not just to a ksuba, but this is a ksuba. So here the woman has a ksuba. Let's just say that the husband had one property, that property was with 200 zoos, she was owed 200 zoos in her ksuba. So she's saying, that property is mine now, while still married. So now, and they're of course disputing with her, but here's the deal. When now she's fighting with them, she's saying, I'm entitled by my ksuba to that property. They're saying, well, you're in violation of your ksuba because you had an affair with another man. She says, no, I didn't. They say, yes, you did. We don't know the answers, the bezin, because while there was kidu and stira, and therefore there's circumstantial and criminal evidence, there's still no conclusive evidence. We don't have proof that she was adulterous. And therefore there's a suffix. We just don't know which who's right. When you have a suffix over piece of property to whom it belongs, which is what's happening over here. So the principle always is that the muhsuk, the presumptive owner, um, is the one who keeps the property. In other words, the rule of chazaka to resolve this suffix um, is what comes into play. And the chazaka basically says, we maintain the status quo. So whoever currently is the muhsuk, the presumptive owner, he gets to keep the property. So according to Beis Shammai, since Beis Shammai holds shtarchov ha'omed ha'gavos kagavuihu, that if you have a contract which has a lien on a particular property, so then that property is as if it has been collected already, which means that the wife, the widow, she was the muhzeket, she was the muhzak, she was the one who was the presumptive owner on this property. Because she, as if, says Bishami, it's as if she collected already when her husband died. So therefore, the status quo is it was hers, and therefore, since we don't know who belongs to the suffix, it stays with the presumptive owner, meaning it stays with her. So she gets her ksuba payment from that property. Basil or disagree. Basil say in general, again, it's not a sota issue, it's a cross the board issue. Just because you have a contract, just because it has a lien, just because you know what the property is in the lien that it's specific to, it hasn't been collected yet. And therefore, since you only own a piece of paper, that's your shtar chov, that, that, that's your, like your instrument indebtedness um, contract of a you know what you're entitled to something like the ksuba but you haven't yet collected it and therefore in the case where the children of the dead husband are saying it's their house and she's saying no it's my house so again base hill will say listen we don't know the answer we don't know who's right so we leave it um, with the muhsuk the presumptive owner the current owner the status quo which is the children, because they are the Yorsham, they are the heirs of the father. And the father was the Muchzak, the presumptive owner, who the status quo was, was his, until she can take it away. So whether it's Basil or Beishamai, both have the principle of Hamotzim Machaver Olavaraya. The property stays with its presumptive owner, and still the person trying to extract it can prove that they're entitled to it. And since this is a Suffolk situation, a doubtful situation, which we will not be able to resolve, so there's no one's going to bring any rise to prove it's theirs, and therefore it stays with the presumptive owner, with the muhsuk, with the status quo, which according to base Shammai is her, because of shtar chov ha'omed l'gabos k'gavoyu, and base Hillel say that the presumptive owner, the, the status quo is to leave it with the children, because even though she has a, a, a ksuba, Basil holds Starchova Omud Lagavos Eno Kagavli. It's not yet collected until it's been collected. So therefore, since they are the presumptive owners, they keep it and um she's not entitled to Ksuva payment without a proof, which she'll never bring. Therefore, she doesn't get any Ksuva payment at all. And that's what he says. She doesn't get Ksuva payment and she doesn't drink from the Mechata Me um Maim Hamarim 
And uh, indeed, that is the halacha.